All right, everybody, welcome to episode 101 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and my other main man, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Fellas, how are you guys doing? Good, man. Uh, crazy week, a lot of good games. Um... A lot of weird games. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of high fantasy scores. So uh, it was a fun week. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's, it's going good, man. There's a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, but it's fun, man. It's fun. I mean, the injuries suck, and we'll go through that. But, Drew, what about you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Had a good weekend away with the in-laws, got some help with the kids, so I was able to watch some uninterrupted football over the weekend and, uh, you know, got a little hung up by Southwest on Sunday, but uh, all is right in the world, man. Uh, that Monday night game, or Sunday Sunday night game, Sunday night and Monday oh, night, and both mo- were. And Monday night. <laughs> yeah, Monday night was... <laughs> Yeah, it was a good weekend of football for a lot of things. And then, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, another week in the NFL. And, you know, I, I like when we start the uh, the show off with something like this. Uh, our man Short Logic, Diggs versus Diggs, got a little closer. Um, the, both, both brothers are just so damn talented. Like, I mean, it, it's just funny, you know millions of sets of siblings <laughs> and these two guys got hit with so much talent i mean stefan diggs obviously we've known for a very long time he is an amazing wide receiver and you know his brother just comes in second year in the league and is just picking off every quarterback <laughs> in the world so um it, it yeah you're right it got a little bit closer uh Drew, we, we uh, the Cowboys might have the better digs, is is so we'll uh, <laughs> mm. we'll <laughs> I knew I could uh, press Drew's button with that one, mm. but yeah, so um, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Fun week, and tomorrow, man, we get to see that Buccaneers offense live in prime time, living color. Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, unfortunately, not Rob Gronkowski, but you know. I'm sure Cameron Braid or somebody will catch a touchdown just for the hell of it. So, um, ah, oh, look at this. Uh, we got Larry Monkey giving you fashion advice. I uh, was hoping Bill would be rocking a similar wife beater. Listen, unlike you and Justin, we don't call each other before the show and, and you know try to match up our outfits. So you know. <laughs> One day Bill be rocking a white feeder and I'll just have I'll have a t-shirt on, regular old t-shirt. So uh, you know, that's how it is. Um, but yeah, let's do what we do. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh what why the hell not? Drew, why don't you start us off this week with your good? Oh man, uh, I was excited. Uh this guy actually won me my, my home league on Monday night. Uh, had an abysmal Sunday, lost Saquon to injury, got zero points out of him in my standard league. And uh, JT to the rescue Monday night on the opening drive. Uh, you know, rushing line wasn't that impressive 15 for 53 and a touchdown. 
but that receiving line of three for 116 and that long TD to start, I saw people all over Twitter, uh, you know, upset at his usage and whatnot. But man, if he can do that on this kind of usage and uh, preserve himself and get an extra season or two, why wouldn't we want to see that for an extra season or two? Can't argue with that. I mean, JT taking that to the house, man. That was just a thing of beauty. And everyone, oh, you know, the Baltimore defense, you know, wasn't set up correctly for Well, whatever. He still took it 74 yards. He outran six guys in the middle of that. He- <laughs> like, I mean, I don't care if they were in the right position or not. He still had to truck 74 yards and take it into the end zone. And I felt like he ran that 74 yards in about three seconds. So um, there's only a handful of people in the NFL that can do that. And he's one of them. So uh, I love your good. Uh, Bill, what about you? Who was your good? Yeah, I mean, JT looked like um, he was fast. Like, I mean, he looked faster than like everybody else. And he even looked a little agile, you know, like, I mean, he looked like the total package uh, this week. So. A uh, good sign for for him. Uh, my uh, good is Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know he came in, um, you know, not necessarily playing the tight end role, um, and you know, covering for Ridley being out, he ends up getting ten targets, nine catches for 119 yards and a touchdown, um, in a pretty boring game overall. Uh, but he got, you know. For a rookie, quote unquote, tight end, uh, he's he's looking like the real deal. I mean, he started producing admirably, you know, week one, and he hasn't really disappointed that much. I mean, he hasn't had like, you know, you expect like every other game to be a stinker, and I don't think he's had two this season so far. So, um, you know, good sign. Um, he's as advertised up to this point, I think. Yeah, I love that pick, and I'm very curious to see what uh, what the Falcons will do once Calvin Ridley's back in the lineup because obviously they have uh, two monster weapons there, and there's got to be a way to get them both involved at the same time. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Um, my good, uh, I went with the tight end as well. Mark Andrews, 11 receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. It's so funny because we talked about the Monday night game a little bit. That first half was like I was kind of sitting in my recliner and maybe snoozing a little bit in that first half. And then that second half popped off and it was the fireworks. Both coaches must have told their teams – how bad they looked out there in the first half and they both teams got motivated and uh, I mean, fireworks. I mean, it was just, everybody was scoring and at the, at the head of that was uh, Mark Andrews. So that was my, uh, that was my good. Uh, we'll go to my bad. And it's funny cause I'm pretty sure uh, either last week or two weeks ago, I had him as my, ugly so i guess he's kind of slowly making his way up the ranks here uh but bad justin fields uh 12 for 20 111 passing yards and a touchdown and four rushing yards yes they won the game um to an nfl team that is all that matters but i mean we just 
we said this whole time, it should be Justin Fields. It shouldn't be Andy Dalton. And his performance on the field hasn't given us the, you know, pat on the back we thought we were all going to deserve once that move got made. And, you know, he's a rookie. He's young. And honestly, all the rookies this year are struggling. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson lead the league in interceptions. So they're not doing well. I think between all of them, they have like two wins or something like that. So, I mean, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been a banner year for the rookie quarterback, but I'm just hoping that they can keep, keep them going and keep just advancing them. Maybe next week he'll be, or not next week. I think he's on a bye, but two weeks he'll be uh, in the good. Maybe, maybe they'll figure it out and do what they're going to do. But uh, Bill, who was your who's your bad this week? Yeah, my bad was just the uh, the Giants injuries. Um, I mean, three skill positions, three injuries. Um, you know, Daniel Jones gets concussed. Um, Galladay lame, and and then Barkley with that crazy blow up ankle. So, yeah. um, just a lot of bad things happening to that team. Granted, there were some good things too, but um, I, I think we'll be hitting that later. Um, but yeah, it's just just how can you even think of surviving? You know, when you lose that much, and um, it just feels like I don't know. Like last year was crazy because of COVID, but this year just seems like, and I mean, I, we probably say this every year, but it just seems like this year has been a lot of bigger name players getting hurt, um, you know, compared to normal. But, you know, again, it's probably just my lack of memory. Yeah, it always seems like it's crazy every year. Um, man, the, the Giants are, are, like, vying for that San Francisco 49er title of, like, most guys injured throughout the course of the season. Uh, Bill, you touched on it. Their top three receivers. Uh, either did not play in that game or did not finish that game. Uh, their starting running back was out in, I think that was in the first quarter uh, he was out. Uh, Daniel Jones, their starting quarterback, was right behind them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was just, I mean, they were playing They were playing the Cowboys, and I'm just sitting there going, man, this is like, this is not what you want to see, you know. You want to see a good game. You want to see both teams as healthy as they can possibly be and, you know, let the chips fall where they may, but I'm with you, Bill. That was uh that was pretty dang bad. What about you, Bill? What what was your bad? I'm Drew. Drew. How about you, Drew? Uh thanks, Bill. Uh <laughs> I am I'm looking at uh the kickers here, man. Uh what uh what a change from I think it was week three where we saw the heroics uh and this week it was something like 12 missed field goals and 12 or 13 missed PATs. Uh, my God, that Cincy and Green, B, Green Bay game just would not end. Uh, nobody wanted to hit the winning field goal. Uh, you got a feel for uh, Rodrigo on Monday night, had an opportunity to, to get the win there too. And uh, yeah, just a rough, rough week to be a kicker. And I, I don't know if it's practice. I don't know if it's conditions. Um, but yeah, this is about as bad as I've ever seen a week from kickers. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, 
but that you really like half of those missed kicks were in that game, right? <laughs> like, like that was pretty nuts, though. But yeah, it just it seems like kickers go on these weird streaks, don't they? Yeah, it almost seemed like the uh, the kickers in that uh, in that Green Bay Cincinnati game had money on the other team because they they were doing their damnedest to not win it, um, and eventually, you know, it came down to finally uh, Mason Crosby making uh making a kick <laughs> to uh to get out of there and get out of there with a win but yeah man i'm with you that was uh that was pretty <laughs> bad um while we're on the bad drew why don't you hit us with your ugly? <laughs> yeah last thing i'll say about the kickers real quick was uh I, I kept listening to these announcers talking about getting into field goal range and i'm waiting for the graphic to keep moving five yards closer and it never did. It's like, <laughs> these guys are some optimists here. At some point you got to get within 20 yards for some of these guys. But, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was wild to see. Um, my ugly, my ugly probably borders on blasphemy based on the number of teams that I have this person on my rosters. Uh, love the guy banked on him in a lot of drafts. And uh, he, he let me down in a couple leagues this week. Uh, and this is ugly for him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, 33 of 54, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and another turnover with a fumble. Uh, he's already matched last year's total for interceptions, which six in a year is ungodly low. That is so, so good for a quarterback in the NFL. But uh, to be there by week five already, uh, I got to think he's probably really looking at some tape, trying to figure out what's going on with him and his receivers, because um, that is that is not uh, what a lot of us this year took as the 101 in a lot of Superflex leagues. So. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that this week was pretty ugly. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if I, you know, if any of us would have said before that game that Patrick Mahomes was going to throw the ball 54 times, you're probably like, oh, this is, you know, this is a game winning performance. This is a week winning performance by Patrick Mahomes. And it, it was fine. But it wasn't definitely not what you expect from Patrick Mahomes with that many pass attempts. And it's kind of a microcosm of, of the Chiefs this year. I mean, we are five weeks into this. They are two and three. I mean, they're they're there's a lot of people were saying that they were gonna go 14 and three, and maybe they do. Maybe they rattle off eleven in a row and and shut us all up. But um yeah, it's been it's been a very weird uh season so far for the chiefs all right bill why don't you hit us with your ugly uh my ugly was also a quarterback it was sam darnold um 21 of 37 for 177 um touchdown and three picks um just couldn't get it going um it was just uh i think he scored two fantasy points um in your typical league so (laughs) uh pretty much a uh a no-show for your team and wasted roster spot um so yeah especially you know of course in Superflex, i'm not sure he's starting in any other uh format but um yeah it was a rough game for him and you know they've looked good overall it was just one of those weeks i think and uh he's probably somewhere in between what he'd showed earlier in the season and what he showed this week um but yeah, I wouldn't expect him rushing for five touchdowns for the rest of the season, let alone in four games. 
Yeah, I don't know if he had that uh, that PTSD. He saw another team with green in their color scheme, and it, it got him messed up or what. But that was very, uh, at least for 2021, un-Sam Darnold-like. Uh, I w- was watching that game, actually, and was just like, wow. Um, this is not the guy that we've seen through four weeks. and. Bill, I think Bill nailed it on the head. I think it's just one of those weeks, you know, he was off. I mean, we saw it with Aaron Rodgers in week one. You know, even the greats sometimes are just, they don't have it that day for one reason or another. And um, Sam Darnold is definitely not a great. So um, hopefully he hits that bounce back and he, um, you know, keeps doing what he's doing for our fantasy sakes. But uh that's a great ugly. And uh, it's funny, you know, getting into my ugly. I said last week, uh, you know, on episode 100, you know, I always try to keep this fantasy related. And then my ugly was Urban Meyer. And then I, I guess John Gruden just decided that Urban Meyer is not the only person that can make bad decisions. And he did his whole mess. And Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what it is. You know what he did. You know about the emails. I'm not getting into all of that, but that's just ugly, man. Like, and now, you know, taking a very serious situation and having to put it into a fantasy context, which, you know, isn't always easy. And people sometimes yell that, you know, there's things that are more important than fantasy and they're absolutely right. but we talk about fantasy on this show. So um, I don't, I don't know what to do with, you know, the couple of guys in Las Vegas that you have on your fantasy and dynasty rosters, because now there's a brand new head coach. Um, Apparently he's been with Gruden for 11 seasons, but is he going to run Gruden stuff? Does he have his own ideas? You know, has he been sitting in the background trying to figure out why they don't throw the ball to Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and try to do that himself? Like, we don't know. We have no idea. So um, that's my ugly. I mean, it's obviously for the situation that happened behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I, I'm that because, obviously, if you want to, just go on Twitter. There's plenty of people still talking about it. Uh, putting their opinions out there, and uh, I'll I will let the Twitterverse handle that. I will uh, I will abstain, but uh, that's my ugly. But I, I like this from a short logic here. Uh, my ugly is the Lions' luck for being so bad that they actually let my Vikings convert a game-winning field goal. That's some powerful stuff, man. You know what? I want to talk about the Lions for just a second, and Bill is obviously a thousand times more knowledgeable about the Lions than I am. He lives in the area. He follows the team. He's a fan of that franchise. But, man, that that post-game news conference from uh, Dan Campbell, that's a man that's all in. That that dude is out there crying, saying that he didn't put the team in a position to win that game, putting it on his shoulders. Like, that dude's invested. I mean, you can say what you want about biting kneecaps and all this stuff. That's whatever. You can have your opinion on that. But that that man is all in. He is he is the anti 
Urban Meyer. Like, he is with his team. He is in the trenches. He is trying to do everything in his power to make that team as good as they can possibly be. And, uh, like, he's the type of dude that will make you root for a team just because you, you like the passion that he puts out there. Bill, I don't know if you have anything about the Lions, but I just wanted to mention that because I, I thought it was a pretty cool thing after the uh, after a, you know a hard loss that he was front and center, and uh, I'm assuming he uh, he was with the team after the game. Nah, I mean it's just another Lions loss. Um, <laughs> like so, it just you know same thing. It it doesn't even stun me anymore. Um, yeah, it's cool to see that he cares. I mean, that's important. Um, I think that will win a lot of fans. Um, you know, I, that probably gives him a little bit of, um, uh, you know, goodwill from right. the fans. So um, how long that lasts, I don't know. Um, but I, I think that people are pretty happy with the way the team plays based on who's on the team, which is a bunch of scrubs, right? Like, so, um, you know, I, I think that people are pretty <laughs> short logic. Bill is so dead inside. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. I, I kind of am. Um, I am dead inside for the Lions. Totally. My last season ticket year was the Owen 16 season. So, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it's cool. It's nice to see that he cares. And I think that that's, I, I think we knew that's what we were getting when, they signed him. Um, you know, he's not going to be the uh, Jim Caldwell who's super chill and, um, you know, emotionless. Um, this guy you're going to see, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeves. And um, I think that'll that'll win some points with the players for a while. Um, I'm not sure it will long term um, if he has to keep doing this kind of stuff because they'll start to kind of think it gets cheesy, I think. Um, but we'll see. I Whatever. I mean, <laughs> we're just, it's just another movie, right? A movie that you've never read the synopsis of and you're just watching it and we'll see what happens. Like I'll tell you if it's good or bad when the, the movie ends. And uh, um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. I, I appreciate the, the balls to go for two at the end. I, I think a lot of other yeah. coaches would have just settled for the extra point, which according to this week, they probably would have missed. So I love putting the team <laughs> in a position to, <laughs> to come out and yeah, and force the other team to come down and win it. And uh, yeah, I think I, I was not big on him as, as a coach coming in. I, I thought it was kind of cheesy on the front end. Uh, you know, is he manufacturing some of this stuff to just try to get some hype going? And uh, to Josh's point, I, I think to see some of that come through in his play calling, his willingness to, to risk it at the end, uh, that certainly made me respect him a, a lot more after this week. And yeah, like you said, I mean, it could be a one week thing. It might get old, but uh, good, good on him. Whether it was the analytics people upstairs telling him to go for it, or if that's really just his, his uh, demeanor is to go and, and try to win it. Um, Cause you don't, you know, you can't, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So uh, I did appreciate seeing that at the end of the game, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell seems like uh, that he has kind of that old school football mentality in the sense where he's like, you know, Kind of like uh, Herm Edwards, you know, we're here to win the game. You know, you got to win the game. And that's what he tried to do. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for him. But uh, for, I remember, you know, talking about this before uh, or once he got hired in, in Detroit, when he was the interim coach of Miami, 
all the guys loved him kind of for that energy and that passion that he had. He was kind of a, a player's coach, so to speak. So I'm hoping it's the same in Detroit because he seems like he's a pretty cool guy. But uh, before we hit the timeline stuff, we got a question here. Uh, this was from a little while ago from Ridley Truther. So what's up, homies? Timeline been crazy. Thoughts on obtaining Dawson Knox for a first. Feel like I'm not quite there yet because of the high TD rate, but I don't know. So as our uh, as our local Bills correspondent, uh, Drew, you you love Dawson Knox. You 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 like what's going on right now with Dawson Knox. Um, are you in trading a first territory to get Dawson Knox? The short answer is no. Uh, could you build a scenario where I would consider doing it? Sure. If I'm a contender uh, and I think I have a shot at making the run in tight ends, the last piece, I, I think I need to maybe uh, you know get through some bye weeks or fill out a roster and it's a premium. You could probably get me there in the right scenario. But in general, I don't think in most formats I'm, I'm there yet. Um, I love the guy. Uh, you know, we, we just talked about with Sam Darnold. It's five touchdowns in four games for him on the ground sustainable. Is he going to do it again in the next 12 weeks? I don't know. And I, I don't know that Dawson Knox doubles his touchdown rate. Uh, as much as I love the Bills and what they're doing, and uh, you know, I hope it happens, I don't know that he scores another five touchdowns uh, through the next 12 weeks. Diggs at some point has to come on. You've got plenty of other weapons. So, um, yeah, I'm not there in most, in most leagues, I don't think. Bill? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as – as Drew, I mean, it's it's he was a guy who we thought could end up having that profile to be a tight end that could pop, and I think that's what he's doing. Um, the 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 team's perfect for him because people do have to respect the other players on the team. So I mean, you got to pick your poison, and who are you gonna try to uh, double? And I mean, you know, it's Stefan Diggs. So like. He's got it a little bit easier, you know, depending on where the routes are going. And I think that that's, um, but it, how consistent is that going to be? And, right. and that's the issue. And so when I'm giving up my first, I want to get somebody that I'm very comfortable starting every, every week. And I agree. He's just not there. Um, and it really depends on also, is this like a 2.0 premium? If that's the case, then you know, maybe that's, you're closer. Um, I still don't think, but that's not really his game. His, he's just getting these crazy long passes right now. It's not like he's getting volume. So 2.0 is not even really going to move it too much for me. Um, so yeah, I second and a third, maybe like, or two seconds, maybe if I was like really wanted them. Um, but I just, that, that first is just too valuable to me. Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three here. Um, Drew and Bill both brought up the point that there are just so many weapons in Buffalo. I mean, obviously, Bill's right. If you're doubling somebody, it's going to be Stephon Diggs. Um, But Manny Sanders has been blowing up. Cole Beasley can get 10-plus targets on any given week. Uh, They still have uh, Gabe Davis there. Uh, The running backs are kind of making a nice little combo there. So um, there's probably going to end up being weeks where Dawson Knox is, you know, two for 24. He doesn't catch that bomb that he takes to the house. And, you know, 
you don't you don't want somebody who has the the that in their uh, range of outcomes, and then give up a first round pick for it. So, I'm with these guys. Uh, not a first if you are tight end desperate. You know, Bill said maybe you know throw a second out there and see if that gets the job done. But um, yeah. So there you go. We're not there yet either at the uh, first round pick for Dawson Knox. So. Uh, there you go. But now, let's do it, fellas. The main event, what we saw on the timeline. So this first one here is from Dynasty Sweat at Dynasty Sweat. What are you doing with Kadarius Tony and Dynasty? He's off to an impressive campaign after being forced into action. So, Bill, you talked about it earlier in your Good, Bad, Ugly. The Giants just are devastated by injury right now. And somebody made the joke that everybody on the Giants is injured except for Evan Ingram. Go figure. Um, So it's very interesting wording, wording here. He's off to an impressive campaign. I think he had an impressive game, (laughs) but, uh, the campaign so far, five weeks in being impressive, I, I don't know if I can put that tag on it. Uh, yes, being pretty much the only pass-catching weapon on the field, he had, what do you have, 13 receptions for 179 yards or something like that? I mean, he he balled out. I, I'm not going to say that he did not have a game. But, you know, if Sterling Shepard comes back and um, Slayton comes back, is he going to get 13 for 179? Probably not. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm a little worried about him. But um, what Dynasty Sweat really wants to know is, are you buying, selling, or holding? Uh, Bill, why don't we start with you? Uh, what are you What are you doing with Kadarius Tony? I mean, I'm not selling him. Uh, I think that's... I would rather roll the dice because, I mean, if I got him in Dr- Dynasty, I was got I got him for a second-round pick. Yep. Um, so I would rather hold and just see what I can get out of him, like, I, I you know, for performance. Um, so my buying, like, I think people are going to go crazy with prices right now um, because it was um, 10 for 189 with 13 targets, I believe. 13 targets, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then the week before he had um, six catches for seventy-eight yards and nine targets. So these last two games have been pretty, pretty good for a rookie. Um, you know he has definitely been utilized, and I mean, I, it's probably like an internal bias of me, but like this is like Odell Beckham. Like you know he comes in, starts uh, a little bit later in the season, um, and all of a sudden he just goes apes so i don't know like i think that like i'm i'm in between hold and buy actually um i i'm probably hold uh just because of the prices i don't know like i'm sure somebody's gonna want like uh a first and a second or something like that for him at this point i did look up the um most recent trades for him um so maybe I can rattle those off and we can yeah, go ahead. I love this stuff. Chase Claypool for Tony in a second. Um, uh, Tony for a second and a third. So, I mean, I would definitely do that. 
Um, these are all af- after the game this weekend. Okay. Uh, Tony for a first. Tony for a first and a third. Um, so, like, that's pretty much it. There's a Tony and two firsts for Swift, but I believe that that was before the game. Okay. So, I mean, you're looking at, like, the prices haven't gotten too high, but we, that's all the trades we've seen so far. So maybe um, maybe people are starting to get their prices too high, and um, so we're not going to see a ton of trades. Um, okay, um, Owen says he offered a first for Tony yesterday and counter for a first and a second. There you um, go. So, yeah, that's right in, probably right in there. Um, I think a first is probably fair now. Um, but if, if I have Tony and somebody offers me a first and it's like going to be a late first, I'm probably not taking it. Um, okay, uh, I'm glad you said that, actually, because I, I did want to ask just kind of where you're at personally right now, if a late first would be enough. And obviously you're saying it would not be. So no, um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, because really, I mean, aside from what Twitter tells me, um, you know, during draft, like he was overdrafted. Right. I don't know. Right. Like, so he's a first round pick who, when he's gotten the opportunity has shown as a rookie. So, like to me that that tells me something and could this be like um jefferson from last year you know like there's just i'm not completely you know i'm not thinking i'm staying away from him i might go kick the tires and see if somebody's willing to move for first um so yeah he's he's definitely an interesting one because you could just you could hit the jackpot or you know or you could just end up with Miko Hardman. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I like the way you broke that down. Drew, what about you? Are are you buying, selling, or holding Kadarius Tony right now? Uh the single word answer is shopping. So I am shopping for him to see what kind of value I can get him for. And if I have him, I am shopping him around to see what are people willing to give me for the hype. Um, I've only got him in a couple of places, uh, but he is definitely going to be a, a part of conversation in those leagues. And uh, yeah, I think uh, if I'm not getting at least a first, I'm definitely holding because I'm willing to take that risk. Like Bill said, um, I think I got him for late seconds. Most of the time, uh, my early seconds, I was using on Elijah Moore, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, those kind of guys. Um, my lates, I was mixing up between uh, Tony um, the quarterbacks like Davis Mills and a couple other guys in Superflex. So I will, uh, I will 100% ask what people are are willing to give for him if they're interested. Um, I've got him in a couple of uh, rebuild leagues, so I, I'm definitely incentivized to hang on to him. If I can get an earlier first, I, I'm definitely open to that. Um, if I can get in the top half of the draft next year if that's how things are trending, but um, it's still still a little hard to guess where people are going to land, even with some of the uh, the records that are out there. So unless uh, I know that I'm getting a, a first from a team that is intentionally positioning themselves for a, a run at, you know, <laughs> one in 16, I'm probably hanging tight, but I could be convinced. Yeah. I think, I'm sorry, Josh. I think the play might be like, to wait until he has a stinker and then go try to trade for him. If you're looking to add shares of him, um, 
just because like i mean something this fresh i mean people are like you know it's that uh uh, meme with the uh from south park where there's just white everywhere on the you know <laughs> like that's what uh tony owners are whole are displaying at the moment so they just need to uh you know you need to just let it settle down a little bit like and everybody just they think oh my god this happened i can ask for the world like everybody gets so like greedy like at this point so um if and but if you don't like them, I mean, like now's the time to move them, right? And take that profit and get out of them. Um, I have one share in my 20, 20 leagues, so like I'm definitely not moving that one just because, you know, it's like I want to have at least a share. Um, but I I will look around just like Drew said and try to add a few. Just um, you know, he's fun. Like, I mean, that guy is fun to watch too. So like, Hey, what the hell? Let's, let's have some fun playing fantasy football. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that breakdown because it all depends on how much exposure you have to Tony as well. Like if you were a big Tony person, you know, during the draft process and you have a bunch of shares, now's probably a good time to see what you can get. Try to sell a few shares off. But you know, in Bill's situation, he has he only has one share, so why not keep him? See what happens. Maybe he blows up and he's the next Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown. Maybe he's the next Mecole Hardman. But at, with one share, you can kind of you know, if he is the next Mecole Hardman, kind of no harm, no foul. Like Drew said, you were probably getting a mid to late second anyway in your rookie draft, so you're not you're not getting killed on that, but um this this is very interesting because this year i guess it was the the quarantine uh times i actually watched a lot more quote-unquote film uh i kind of hate using that because i am not down there breaking down all 22 and all that but you know watching what i I could get my hands on and to me Kadarius tony seemed like he had some traits but I didn't know if it was going to translate to the NFL and if a coaching staff was going to be able to use them well consistently. Yeah, a game, two, three, four season. But I feel like you almost have to be a very good offensive mind to use a guy like Kadarius Tony and use him well all the time. Um, now, obviously, do not come to me for film analysis because while I watch it and I, I make my opinions, there are so many more people that you can find easily on Twitter that are way better than me. Uh, you know, Ray GQ, Garrett Price, uh, you know, and, and many others that are, but Matt that Wellman. was just my, my opinion on it. So I was not a Tony guy. Um, even when he got taken the first, I wasn't a Tony guy. But he's been interesting. Like Bill said, the last two weeks, he went, what, six for 70, and then he went 11 for 189? Like, that has to open your eyes a little bit. I mean, open my mm-hmm. eyes a little bit. So I, if I had a share of him, I don't have a share of him among any of my leagues. So I'm not a good person to ask this question to because I, I don't have skin in the game. But if I did, I think Drew hit the nail on the head. Shot. See what's out there. 
Bill rattled off a trade. What was it? A first and a third for Tony. Hey, someone wants to send that my way. Kadarius, it was nice having you on the squad. We had fun together. Go, go with your new team. (laughs) But you know, if, you know, if people are like, Hey, I'll give you a late second. Well, I already spent that late second on Kadarius Tony and he's had some flashes. I'll ride it out and see what I have with me. So, uh, uh, that's how I feel about it. But obviously, I think I was lower than some people on Kadarius Tony, so that could also be kind of clouding my uh, my opinion on this. But I I would be shopping, probably leaning towards selling. But you can't just sell for the first offer you get either, just because you think this might be some kind of sell high window. Because this could be, you know, like Bill said. This could be the second game of the Justin Jefferson ascent to fantasy greatness. And you sell him second, you're going to look like a fool when he's, you know, he's the third wide receiver off the board in next year's startup drafts because he just balled out this season. So um, take it slow uh, and see what's out there. But if you get a good deal, definitely take it. So let's go to our next one here. Uh, This is from. Britt Sanders at the FF Sandman. What is Jalen Rager's trade value? That is a really interesting question. Um, this, this is another guy I did not like what I saw before the, uh, the draft process. And a lot of smart people told me I was wrong, <laughs> you know, and that's cool. Like Bill and I and Drew and I, can watch the same film and we can see different things. And that's the great part about this game is that we're all just going with opinions here because these are human beings and they have the propensity to do things that we do not expect because they are human beings. So uh, I did not like Jalen Rager. I mean, what, what are you trading for Jalen Rager right now? Like a, a mid second, like is, I mean, are you, Higher, lower? You guys are both nodding more. I'm lower. Um, Yeah, he's like a, I mean, maybe a late second if I'm being hyper aggressive. Um, But I think he's fallen to third round um, for for him. I mean, I don't know how many sellers you're getting at that. I'd rather just, if he's on my team, I'm probably just, I've seen a few flashes this year. Like, not a lot, but a, a few that. At least there could be like something holding on, but a third doesn't really do anything for me. So um, maybe a, a third and Rager for a second. Um, I like those deals. Yeah. Like that. That's something I would I would consider doing if I have Rager. But um, yeah, he he's he's in a tough spot, right? Like he's got another wide receiver that came in, took over, um, showed he's good. Um, and you know, a quarterback that's not going to make everyone prolific. So, um, it's, it's a tough situation to be in. And, um, you know, maybe he's a guy who ends up becoming something for another team at another point, but I think he's going to have a hard time being a consistent force in Philly. So, uh, his season stats, 17 receptions for 140 yards. So he's pretty much had this season what Kadarius Tony had last week. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at. And 
And honestly, I said mid-second because I thought my hate was going to cloud me. So I went a little bit higher than what I was thinking. I, I didn't want the hate to uh, to cloud my judgment. But um, Bill is saying more <laughs> like, you know, late second if you're really excited and trying to get him on your team, but probably more like a third. Uh, I love this right here mm-hmm. uh, from from our man, uh, Short Logic. Uh, give it some time and you'll be able to get him off the waiver wire. Uh, <laughs> Could be true. I mean, you know, if we start talking about other uh, other wide receivers stepping up and then we get into rookie draft time, I mean, Jalen Rager may be a guy that doesn't make the cut for um, a variety of reasons. So you're muted, Bill. Yeah, I just I realized that. Um, sorry, Drew, I didn't mean to jump in again. But, like, I think that that's a very important comment, right? Because it's like, then why not take a third for Rager? Because what's more important, like a, a wide receiver that may maybe do something or, you know, that roster spot? And, like, I mean, I would much rather have the roster spot um, yeah. than something that's just sucking away, um, you know, a a spot or just wasting away a spot and and you're just holding out hope. Like, just cut ties, you know. I'd probably give them a little bit more time, but if somebody comes up and catches me in a, on the right day, I mean, maybe it makes more sense to do it. Yeah, especially if you're in a league that, uh, you know, does draft order by potential points. Get the points. Get those crappy points off your off your roster. Um, yeah, I I love uh, the content that Rotoviz and Curtis Patrick put out there. And, and he had an article this summer thinking that Rager, he's had some, um, some metrics that match up to some other wide receivers that may be late bloomers that are now really valuable out there. Um, so if you really believe in the analysis there, you could continue to, to hold. But yeah, I am, I, I will take the third at this point. Um, if I can get a second, I, you know, probably break my phone trying to accept it. So if, uh, I, you know, he's a guy, I might try to get him as a throw in, you know, again, it, because, uh, you know, I want to try to get different, a variety of players on different rosters. And again, I do, uh, I would bet on, on some of the Rotoviz guys to be right long-term. I'm fine adding him as a throw in for a lot of folks. And that's what I think a lot of people are treating him as at this point. There's not a whole lot of standalone value for him. And so I, I want to, I want to highlight some of this real quick because Owen is just, he's spitting some facts right now. Uh, Love Hurts. Um, I'm not going to do the song. Uh, Don't trust his wide receiver usage. And if the Eagles take a QB next year, will it improve things? Not from what I've seen. All I want is Smith, obviously, Devonta Smith, uh, with the Philly wide receivers. 100% correct. Uh, Watching this team every week, you are looking at Smith. You are looking at Dallas Goddard with some Zach Ertz sprinkled in, and that's the offense right now. Um, I do like this, though, because uh, my brother-in-law was actually very high on Quez Watkins uh, during the preseason, and I kind of laughed him off. But Quez Watkins, man, he is, he is fun to watch. Like, you're, you're not going to hear his name all day. He's he's probably never going to end the game with, you know, nine receptions. But when the announcer says Quez Watkins caught the ball, it's probably 30, 40, 50 yards downfield and he's running 
so he, he's an exciting guy. Um, uh, and he also asked, what is Quez Watkins' price? I mean, here you go. You have a random third. Are you trying to spend that on Jalen Rager or Quez Watkins? I'm drafting with it. No, you don't get that option. Are you are you spending it on Jalen Rager? You have to spend it on one of these guys. Is it Jalen uh, Rager or Quez uh, At this point, I'd probably go with Watkins. Bill? So here's the thing. <laughs> now, because, like, yes, for production, I agree. But I think that if Rager hits, like, his value ceiling is higher than... Watkins, so I would probably do buy Rager, um, just for that reason. But it's not a because I just don't feel like there's either of them are going to be, uh, you know, a a game changer for me on my roster. So I'd rather go for the guy who has the higher ceiling value wise. That's fair. Uh, I would I would also go Watkins, but I do want to say this: this is one of the reasons why I love. Um, Co- co-owning a team with Bill is because philosophically we agree on a lot of the same things, but the things we disagree on, I just, I love hearing Bill explain it because he does such a good job explaining it and it gets me to open my mind a little bit. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I love co-owning. I, I don't always agree with Bill and that's, that's also fine, but he does get me thinking and Obviously, kind of the more information and the way you can look at different things from different angles is an asset in uh, in playing Dynasty. So I just want to shout you out there, Bill, because even though I personally do not agree with you on the Rager thing, like you just stating that, it, it made me think for a little bit like, oh, like I kind of see what, what he means by that. And it's kind of an angle that I was not thinking of when I asked the question. So thank you, Bill. Um, I I just love Owen is just throwing stuff in here. Heard a fun stat today. Hertz is the only player through week five that finished top 12 at his position each week. That is kind of crazy. He also said he didn't check to see if that was true though. (laughs) So, um, I mean, it kind of sounds right. Like I'm trying to think of the big players and like Travis Kelsey had an off week where he was like two for 10 or something like that. Christian McCaffrey's been hurt. Dalvin Cook has been hurt. So, I mean, it sounds right now, obviously, somebody will come on and say, uh, you know, you're wrong. But uh, Steve's saying, I can barely get a second-round pick for Hopkins, and you're arguing Watkins versus Rager. Well, yeah, keep your second. Use a third. See, we're helping you out, Steve. We're here <laughs> to help you out, all right? Stay, save that second. Use a third. Um, here you go. Let's, let's hit the next question though. This is from our man, a uh, member of the FTC fantasy timeline chat. I'm going to hype it every week. If you're not in it, hit one of us up or hit us up at fantasy timeline. If you want to get in a lot of good people like Jay money, talking football, asking questions. And, uh, he's got one here is Robbie Anderson droppable in redraft 10 team redraft standard scoring. Uh, the short answer is yes, you can do that. Um, 
because I I just wanted to put some statistics so it made it seem like I did something this week productive. Uh, according to Fantasy Pros, in standard scoring, wide receiver 67. Now, I, I just want to read a couple of wide receivers ahead of him. Uh, he is currently behind DJ Chark. By the way, he didn't play last week because he was injured. Uh, our boy, friend of the show, Quez Watkins. He is currently behind Quez Watkins. Uh, Cedric Wilson of the Dallas Cowboys and Chester Rogers. So if you would feel comfortable dropping all those guys for somebody, you could feel comfortable dropping Robbie Anderson as well. And I just, because it's sad, he is one spot ahead of Allen Robinson right now, um, which did RIP. Um, so uh, what about you guys? So Drew, is he a drop? Yes. <laughs> Short answer. Bill, you dropping him? Yep. So there you go, Jay Money. You shouldn't have any qualms. I hope you did drop him. I hope you picked up uh, something that you needed because he's not it. Robbie Anderson, he is not what you need on your on your bench anywhere near your team. Let someone else pick up Robbie Anderson because they know the name. Um, and you know, do that. So, uh, he actually, he actually had a couple more questions. So I, I want to hit, I want to hit this first one definitely, because this is an interesting one. What are we doing with Saquon after this injury? Like if Saquon is on your dynasty team, like what, it, what do you do with them? Because do you keep him again for another season on the IR and hope for next year, which is kind of what we've been doing for two years now? Um, are we trying to trade him and see what we can get for him? What are we doing? Because honestly, I, I'm kind of in the I'm kind of with Jay Money here. I don't know really what I would do with him if I had him on my team. So uh Bill, why don't you why don't you start us off? Uh, what what do we do with Saquon? Yeah, this is a question that's been going through my mind recently. Um, I don't have him a lot of places, but I mean, he's a guy that like I mean, man, like this is happening a lot, and and all that value is like paused every time this happens, and a little chunks getting chapped chopped off of it each time this happens because he's getting older and um you know people just don't want to pay that much even though they're you know i'm sure they're willing to admit that when he plays and he's healthy he's one of the top backs so like i mean this is a, a challenge like you can't do anything about it now but i think you have to just hope he gets healthy again and if you're not a surefire contender, I think I'm moving them. Like, I think I have to get them off of my roster. Um, so I'm hoping he gets healthy. Let's say by week eight, nine, he's back to normal, um, normal Saquon. I'm shipping them before the playoffs um, and hope for the best. Um, and if I got to sell 80, 90%, 
um, I'm okay doing that just to get him off of my roster. Um, this is a good question because I mean, this is truly something that's been crossing my mind over the last, you know, since this weekend. And um, what do I do? But it's, I think now's the time because you're never, I don't think Saquon's ever going to be worth more if he's healthy again this season. Um, unless he just goes crazy next year. But I mean, at that point still, he's going to be what 25 and um, you know, you're, you're losing half your market there because pe- there's half the people won't add them to their team at that point. What, what are you thinking Drew uh, about Saquon Barkley? I don't think I have him on a single dynasty team um, and I'm okay with it. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know if I have a team that's in a position where I would go out and give away a lot to get him either. Um, so if I have him on a team, uh, I am most likely taking uh, really whatever I can get. That's a fair offer. Um, not selling at the bottom. Um, I don't, I don't think that's wise, but ultimately you can't trust that he's going to be there in the playoffs for you. Cause I mean, my gosh, what happened? He got stepped on while he's walking back to the huddle or back to the sideline. It was um, actually during the play. He, he stepped on another player. He stepped on a Cowboys player's foot and rolled his ankle. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That's becoming too, too many things too close together for me to feel like he's a value or that he's reliable. Um, I picked him up at the end of the second round in uh, redraft this year. That's in a, Q, a two QB league, and I felt good about it. Um, I don't feel so good anymore. So, yeah, I, I would love to see you know what people are offering. If people still you know want to go after the name recognition, or um, you know if they really believe these are just kind of fluky things. But yeah, for me, if I can get a fair offer, which since I, I don't have them roster anywhere, I don't know that I I have a real good grasp on what I think a fair offer would be. It's got to be a I don't know if two first is fair anymore, um, but yeah, either that or some young talent that I think could have some longevity. So while you guys were talking about this and you guys brought up some great points, this idea kind of hit me and you guys can shoot me down and tell me how dumb I am. Cause it's probably not actually a good idea, but I wonder if this is the rare, like, Hey, this guy has been, a pain in someone's ass, you know, especially if they've owned them for the last like two or three seasons. And I wonder if you approach that guy kind of with like, Hey, let me get this headache off your hands and see if you can get any kind of a discount. You know what I mean? Uh, Bill made a good point. Like he's not selling for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar. You know, he, he wants kind of almost, full price he said between like 80 and 90 percent of value but you know we all like to think that we're cool calm and collected at all times but we all know that there's owners in our league that you know kind of fly off the handle and if that guy owns saquon barkley or that girl owns saquon barkley uh and you're a contender i think if you're a team you're pretty secure that you're going to make the playoffs if you just knock on that door and go, hey, like, what would Saquon cost me? And if they're just, you know, kind of, I just want him off my team. I don't want him anymore. All of the injuries are piling up, and I just don't trust trust this guy. I would just be curious, and I don't know what that price would be. Don't get, I'm not saying here, like, hey, you can get him for a second. 
that's ridiculous. But um, maybe just knock on the door. Bill's waving at me. Hi, Bill. I uh, just looked up the most recent trades. So, oh, I love this. Go ahead. Um, so since this weekend, Saquon for Mike Boone and a first round pick. Um, 14 team league. Pick. I can't tell you where. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, Saquon and Gesicki for Kelsey and Boyd. Uh, Saquon and Allen Robinson for Josh Jacobs and Mike Evans. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Saquon straight up for Kamara, which is okay. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense huh. to me unless it's a potential points move. Okay. Uh, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That trade got reversed. <laughs> that Saquon. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the Saquon Kelsey one got reversed. There, I see oh. the same one, uh, but the okay. flip. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Najee for Saquon and Juju. Oh, okay. Najee and Russell Gage, but I didn't feel like I needed to include that him. You didn't need to. So, Mm-mm. but so I mean, his price has dropped, right? Like yeah. I mean, for the most part. So, um, mm. if you're more confident and you want to roll the dice on him, maybe it's worth it. I, I don't. I think I'm okay washing my hands of him, and um. Unless I'm a contender. If I'm a contender, I, I'm going to hold on to him this season, right? Like, But I need to be a definite contender. So I like I like this one here uh, from Owen. Um, after, after watching Marlon Mack and what he's done, has your confidence in a Cam Akers healthy return increased any? Uh, I actually, I, I just, actually uh, was thinking about that while watching Marlon Mack run. Yeah. I was like, he does look good, you know, considering yeah. he's coming off of an Achilles injury. Maybe yeah. I was all wrong on this Cam Akers thing. Uh, obviously, I think Cam Akers is, is a more talented running back, and I think he's more athletically gifted. So I'm wondering if those things also weigh more in his favor. Um, but what do you, what do you guys think? I was just talking to a guy that I co-manage with in in Superflex Army earlier, and I I was wondering the same thing because he did seem to look like he had a pretty good burst. But uh, I I think for me, I'm tempering the expectations for Akers, uh, partially because he is such a better athlete, I think. I I wonder if that means that he'll push himself harder than he should and have a higher risk of re-injury versus uh, a guy like Marlon Mack who's taking what he can get, has a great line, coming in fresh, pretty sparse usage overall. Uh, but when he did get used, uh, flashed really nicely. So um, I think I, I'd like to see a couple more games like that from Mac where he's getting, uh, you know, four or five, six touches, being productive with it. And, uh, you know, I think everybody after Adrian Peterson came back from his ACL in nine months or whatever and had his season, everybody is, you know, okay, maybe we need to rethink what it looks like to come back from an ACL injury. So it could be the beginning of that kind of a change here. Uh, but the Achilles is so tough for that position. Um, I, 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 I'm fine. Uh, I told my friend Jeremy that I'd be okay, you know, kicking the tires in a couple of weeks. If Max is, st- if Mac is still healthy and it looks like he's producing a little bit and see if anybody else is still scared off and maybe try to get ahead of the curve a bit. But 
Um, yeah, I'm not going out and, uh, you know, I, I would rather have Saquon than Akers at this point. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Bill, what about you? So what am I doing here? You are on a podcast talking about <laughs> fantasy football right now. That is what no, you're doing. So, <laughs> is it the the or what's the trade that we're talking about? No, he was just he was just asking. Do you have more faith in a Cam Akers comeback because of oh. what you saw from Marlon Mack? No, because I'm not necessarily sure I saw anything from Marlon Mack. Like, um, I think that he's like. Has, has he shown any like cutting or agility or anything like that? Like, I mean, if the, if the line is good for Indy, like, is he even going to have to do that? Are they picking runs that don't show that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know the answer cause I didn't watch the, his runs. So um, if he did show that, then, then maybe I am a little more, um, you know, he's younger uh, acres and that sort of thing, but, I don't think it makes me feel any better about Akers. I still, we're so far away from being comfortable with the Achilles injuries that even if one player shows me, I'm not, I'm not sold. I, I will say watching Marlon Mack brought me from, I want nothing to do with Cam Akers because of the injury to, huh. I'm not saying, hey, I'm rushing out and getting all the Cam Akers now because I saw Marlon Mack and I, I liked what I saw. But it pulled me from that. I don't want anything to do with them too. Let's keep an eye on this and see what happens. You know, I probably will not make a trade for Cam Akers if I do for, you know, I need to see like a month, a month and a half of Marlon Mack running and the burst and all of that before I can say, all right, there's a chance for Cam Akers to do it. You know what I mean? One week doesn't just magically, you know, absolve Cam Akers from the fact that he injured his Achilles. So it's at, it's at least, you know, sparked a little interest, but I'm definitely not here saying, Hey, let's get all of the, get all the cam makers we can get now that we saw Marlon Mack do it. Um, let's hit one more on the way out from the timeline. Uh, this is from PTSTZ at PD underscore stits. And his, uh, his question is who should be the MVP after only five weeks? So it can be any kind of MVP you want, whether it's NFL or your dynasty MVP. Uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, or Tom Brady. I almost feel like we should not let Drew answer this question because we know what his answer is going to be. Uh, but uh, but Bill, we'll let you go first. We'll let Drew go last and, and see if he if he shocks us. Well, I'm going to shock myself by picking a quarterback from my collegiate rivals, and I will say Tom Brady is the MVP. Um, I mean, he just is looking ridiculous right now. And, um, I mean, to be the GOAT, you got to beat the GOAT. And I have a hard time. I mean, 
A, I think if we're going to say who's going to win it, like if it's even close, Tom Brady's going to win it, right? Like, and, um, but fantasy wise, I mean, he's still, I mean, granted, you can't, I mean, the other guys have done quite well. And I mean, there's just no arguing that. But um, I'm just, I think I'm going to go the path less traveled in this uh, question and uh, go Tom Brady. So yeah, Bill shocked Bill shocked me because uh, that that Michigan State blood that runs through his veins. I didn't even think it would allow you to form that sentence. So uh, I've so, never thought I would ever say that. So, <laughs> so that that's uh, that's upset number one in this question right now. Um, I love I love what Tom Brady's been doing, um, and I, I think he has a very I think you can come up with a million reasons why he should be the MVP after week five. Um, I'm not going to go Tom Brady, though. I am going to go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson has done a lot with very little. Uh, His top two, actually top three running backs were gone before the season started. Uh, their first round rookie wide receiver has not played a snap in the NFL so far through uh, five weeks. Uh, we were talking about guys like Sammy Hawkins, who, you know, the joke was he'll, he'll get you in week one. And then after that, he takes the rest of the season off. Um, he seems to have unlocked Hollywood Brown. And obviously, his the mind meld that he has with Mark Andrews has been well documented. But he he has done all of that, and the guy still runs around a ton. So um, I love I love the Tom Brady pick. I, honestly, we're arguing over really good players right here. So um, any opinion is a good opinion. But uh, I think I would go with uh, with Lamar in this one. All right, Drew, we've given you a lot to chew on. We've given you a, a lot of reasons uh, to pick someone other than Josh Allen. So uh, who are you going with? Uh, when I voted on this, uh, I actually voted for Lamar as well. Uh, I think looking at the two comebacks against the Chiefs and, uh, and the Colts this week, I mean, my God, to, to go and go uh, throw 37 for 43 or something like that for 400-plus yards, uh, I, I don't even care what you take away overtime. Um, the guy absolutely is leading his team to those victories. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you said, without running back help, uh, he's doing it through the air. His arm is, uh, is winning games for them, which has been, uh, you know, kind of flashback to Josh Allen, right? He can run. Does he have the accuracy? Will he grow as a passer? Uh, so far through five weeks, that is a resounding yes. And a lot of folks that were, uh, either on the fence or doubters, um, you know, time to come clean. Uh, I, I've definitely been on the fence running quarterbacks in general or run first quarterbacks for me have not been, uh, you know, my favorite for long-term with dynasty. Um, I had a couple opportunities in the off season to trade for Lamar and I'm kicking myself that I didn't. Um, and then uh, I will say one of the write-ins from the comments of this tweet, uh, if we're talking NFL MVP, to be fair, there's only one undefeated team in the league right now, and it's being led by Kyler Murray. Uh, so I, I feel like that's uh, also a valid valid point to look at. But uh, from the list that was in the poll here, 
as much as it hurts, I, you know, I love watching Josh Allen hurdle to get the first down. They were already winning at that point. It was a crucial drive, but um, yeah, Lamar man is just, he's, he is impressed in those games where they've been able to come back and he's really, I think changed the narrative of what he can do as a quarterback compared to some of his previous games. Bill, we were, we were so close. He, he had to bring it back around to Josh Allen. We were so close, Bill. We almost had him, but um, no, man, uh, I love, I love what both you guys said. You both brought up uh, great points about both Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. And honestly, I mean, when you're talking about guys like yeah, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, I mean, we can also come up with really good arguments for those guys too about why they should be uh, the MVP through five weeks. So on our way out, we we got to do our shout outs. And honestly, this is my fault. I forgot to do it last week. We got wrapped up in the, the hype of the 100th episode and I got excited and I forgot to mention that uh, week four of the, the Fantasy Cares Eliminator that we run, uh, Nick Martinez at Nick Martinez BR. He gone. Um, it, we Still had love good, you, Nick. Still love you, brother. We love you. We love everybody. We don't care if you get first or last. We love you. Uh, we appreciate you wanting to hang out with us and, and do a, uh, do an eliminator with us. And then this week, Bill, we lasted five more weeks than I thought we would. I'm not going to lie. Our team was hot garbage. Um, now to be fair, we, we auctioned off a lot of our picks for charity because that's something that we like to do. Um, but Man, I, I looked at our team, and every week that we won, I was like, how does this team, team keep doing it? It, just, it shouldn't happen. And finally, um, the, the odds, it caught up with us. Uh, we're out of here. Uh, the good news is, is that Drew had his own team because he, uh, he was a uh, – he was a – our bullpen arm. Uh, now Drew, he's weren't a, you second from being eliminated? Uh, I, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, JT also kept me in the eliminator this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So now, so now that uh, Drew is uh, Drew's a starter on the team, uh, he's got his own team this year, but uh, he, he's representing us now. So Drew, you need to figure this <laughs> yeah. out and, and win the whole thing so that we can say we technically won it. Um, but no, man, it's a lot of fun. And obviously, even though we are eliminated, we're still going to uh, be keeping you guys up to date with what's going on with that because it's a lot of fun. And we appreciate everybody that actually chose to be in the league with us. It's a it's a huge honor and uh, we're going to keep it going. But yeah, we we're out, Bill. You and I, we uh, we're walking that long road home. Uh, and uh it's fine though because our team stunk out loud. So the fact that we made it five weeks is kind of our Super Bowl. So um on that note, uh thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, the chat was so great. I mean, we had Owen, we had Short Logic, we had Larry Monkey making fun of my wife beater, and I really don't care because I'm comfortable. Uh thank you, everyone. Uh, Ridley Truther also everybody that came in and out that commented that you know thank you guys it means a lot uh obviously things that you guys say spark conversation within our you know within our pod so that also makes it fun because it keeps us on our toes sometimes we don't know what's going to come up and it makes it more fun if you um 
are doing this, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the bell, hit subscribe so that uh, you can find us whenever we go live. You'll get that alert and then you can jump in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, whether it's uh, my clothing choices for the day or a player that helped or hurt you in this week of fantasy. Uh, do that. And if you're doing this in podcast form, thank you. An hour and 15 minutes, that's a long time. Uh, you could literally be doing anything else, but you're listening to us. Just remember to um, hit subscribe if for some reason you found us out the way. Um, and leave a rate and review. Uh, they're helpful, even if it's a one-star, talking about the fact that I say, um, and you know too much. Hey, listen, I got to get better. Help me get better. Do that thing. So on that note, I think we are out of here. Late.